Hi, this is the official podcast of Riverside International Church in Lisbon. Riverside is an international, contemporary, caring, and Christ-centered community. Our vision is to significantly impact the country of Portugal and the regions beyond with the gospel. Thank you for listening to us, and we hope that your life will be impacted by these teachings. God bless. Good morning. Don't you feel like just staying and worshiping with them for the rest of the morning? I do feel a little bit like that, but I kind of prepared a message and now I have to give it. So you have to put up with me for a little longer before we go back to worship the Lord. But, um, and this, this morning we're going to start a new message series that is called Everyday Disciples. I don't know if you like the design. It can be a bit busy for some of you, but... The point that we want to transmit um, and to explore in these next uh, weeks is that learning how to follow Jesus is something that we do every day. Learning how to follow Jesus is something that we do every day. And in the next four weeks, your elders, your recent appointed elders as well, they're gonna, we're going to explore four different aspects of day, everyday discipleship, life change, sacrifice, holiness, and worship. And today we have life change. And many of you know the expression, life-changing events. How many of you have had a life-changing event in your life? Oh, not that many. I'm really sorry for those who haven't had. It, it can be quite awesome. The, the latest one that I had is that I became a dad. From one second to the other, everything changed. I got a new identity. It completely changes our lives. Like in that moment, especially as well, when your favorite team hears the final whistle and you just know that your team is world champion, country champion, it's awesome. Joe Day is excited because South Africa won the, the tournament. I don't want to say what I don't know of. The World Cup. South Africa won the Rugby World Cup, and we're very happy for them. Um, but these are really short uh, situations in life that completely change everything, and we have plenty of those moments. Um, but also we have long-term situations that end up changing us. For example, if you end up living in Portugal for longer than five years, you will eventually become more laid back, more relaxed, like an unrushed lifestyle, and meetings that are at 10.30, you can arrive at quarter to 11, 11 o'clock, it's just fine. Have a long breakfast. Another example is marriage. And let me tell you, marriage really changes you. Because when you are so close to someone for such a long time, even you don't even have to have such a long time. Gabby and I, we've been married for, uh, for two years. And now Gabby drinks Coke Zero, which he, she never did before. And I stopped using checkered shirts. All because of the love that we had for one another. This is how much life really changes us. Because as human beings, we learn, we are capable of growing, and we are capable of becoming better than the day yesterday. And spiritually speaking, this principle, I believe by the word of God, it stands true. When we have a relationship with God, we cannot stay the same forever. It's the relationship that changes us the most. Our relationship with him is meant to change us. We cannot say that we are in a relationship with God and we stay the same forever and ever. 
that's actually an indication of a healthy relationship with God. Now, knowing this, how many of you are familiar with YouTube tutorials? How many of you have searched YouTube in order to learn something? No libraries? No calling an expert on the subject? Just YouTube. Why? Because we learn so much from YouTube. People put everything there. People have built actual houses just by watching YouTube videos. That's how much information is accessible in there. Even just sewing a button or fixing a phone or a computer, we can learn so much on YouTube. And there's plenty of good information and bad information that we need to be able to filter. Why? Because so much is possible with the exact right piece of information. And listen to this. What you believe about God determines the way that you live. What you believe about God determines the way that you live. Some people say they know God, but their actions say otherwise. And let, 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 let us go to the Word of God, because the Bible tells us a story. When the people of Israel left Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea... And it was time for them to enter the promised land, the, the land that God promised Abraham 600 years before. And God ordained Moses, the leader of the people, to pick 12 men to spy the land. These were trustworthy men, leaders among their own tribes. And they went to spy the land they were about to conquer. And they saw with their very own eyes the beauty the richness, the fullness of the land that God had promised them. They came back to the camp, and they confirmed that this land was actually good. Numbers 13, 27 says, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. It's prosperous. Here is its fruit. So these 12 spies came with this excellent report about the land, but... There was a problem. This group of 12 spies, they gave two very different reports to the people and to Moses. Ten of the spies said there wasn't even a remote chance for them to conquer the land, the promised land. Because Israel was way too small, way too weak, way too powerless. And only two of those spies said the following. The next verse. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Your protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. All of these 12 men used to be slaves in Egypt. All of these 12 men saw the power of God delivering them from slavery. All of these 12 men walked through the Red Sea completely dried. All of these 12 men obeyed and went to check the promised land. The same way that our churches are filled with people that say they know about God, who have experienced great things about God, people that are capable of singing to God, Lord, you receive all the glory, all, all the praise, the breath in my lungs is yours. We declare our passion for him. We are saying that we are willing to do anything for him. 
But when these men came back and are forced to make a decision, only two, only two are willing to see and obey on something that seemed impossible. Why? Because ten were completely paralyzed by fear. Caleb and Joshua, these two spies, they knew who God was. That is the difference. Caleb and Joshua knew who God was. The Canaanites were giants, but Caleb and Joshua knew that their God was bigger than them. While the ten spies, they were led by their feelings, by their circumstances, Joshua and Caleb were led by the knowledge that they had a mighty God, a powerful God, a God that can do the impossible, a God that says that always says the truth and keeps his word yesterday, today, and forevermore, a God that was able to deliver them in the past. Of course, he's going to be with us in the future. And the question is, who is the God that you believe? Ten of these spies, they were following a God that they didn't truly know. And when their love for him was tested, they failed. Because their image of God was limited, was small, was just weak. And my friends, some people are loving and serving a God completely made up in their minds. So many people, even in churches, a God that is easy to understand, a God that does not demand anything from us, a God that exists only to serve us, a God that cares more about our feelings and about our emotions. But I'm really sorry to say this morning, this is not the one true God. And when finally the one true God showed up, they weren't able to recognize him. They didn't love him. They weren't willing to follow him into the promised land. The prophet Hosea spoke to the nation of Israel and, and, and said, quoting uh, and saying what the Lord was declaring, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And it's not random knowledge. It's not because they're uh, uneducated. It's because they do not know the Lord. So Hosea declares with all his heart, with all his passion, let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. That should be our focus. Church of Christ, we have to align our image of God with the revelation of who God truly is. With his true identity. Because what you believe about God determines the way that you live. It will determine your actions. And if we believe the right things about God, we will experience life change. The book of Romans in the Bible, it's a very special book in the New Testament. It begins, uh, the Apostle Paul who wrote it, begins by explaining a lot of different doctrines. Do you know what a doctrine is? Doctr doctrine is just a fancy word to say the whole truth the Bible describes about a certain subject. That's a doctrine. And we learn deep truths in Romans such as these. We learn about justification. Justification is learning what makes us right with God. And we know that is by faith alone. Sanctification, how we continue to follow God, not in our own strength, but by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. 
and he makes us more and more like him. Glorification, these words that I've studied so much and I have to say them time and time again, otherwise I'm going to forget about them. Glorification, it's about our hope that one day we will be with God in his glory, living with him forever, because that's the goal of life. The goal of life is not here on earth. The goal of life is in the afterlife. And he explains these doctrines in detail. And for some people, I understand, it can become quite boring and quite hard to understand. But these are actually basic doctrines. And Paul spends a long time explaining to the church about them because having the right doctrine leads to rightly living. If we don't believe the right things, we will not have life. We can only live rightly if we believe rightly. We have to know the truth about God. We have to know for ourselves and test it for ourselves that this is actually the truth. And when, after Paul goes into this very deep theological um, explanation, then it's a hard turn in the book of, of Romans. Now that you know what you should believe, let's talk about how these beliefs impact your life. And just a very simple truth from the Word of God can change your life forever. If you don't know much about the Word of God, let me tell you, you don't have to read cover to cover to understand fully its meaning. Even just a verse can blow your mind because it's the truth of the revelation of God. Let me give you an example. Romans chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Don't go ahead. Let's go back. Is it there? It's not there? Okay, so... Clear it? No, no slides? Okay, let's go back. Listen to this verse in Romans 1, 17 to 18. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The righteous will live by faith. Two sentences. Very simple. But about 500 years ago, a monk named Martin Luther... For years, he was studying the Word of God. For years, he was struggling to understand what was the message of the Bible. What was the message of the gospel? Because he looked into the Old Testament, there was the law. He looked into the New Testament, there was the gospel. What's the difference? How should I live? What's the point? How can I please God with my life? How can anyone actually please God with their lives? And he read this passage. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, said Paul, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The righteous shall live by faith. All of a sudden, a light bulb turned on. By faith alone. It's not by works. It's not based on my efforts. It's not based on how hard I try to follow God. It's not based if I go to church on Sunday. It's not based in, in the, the givings and, and the offerings that I give to the church. It's not based on whether the people tell me. It's not based on philosophy. It's based in Jesus Christ and depositing our faith in Him. Knowing Him. And if we are here today celebrating Jesus, it's because the Word of God is alive and active. And it changed this man's life. It's changed the church's understanding of the gospel. 
And now we can start living the truth of the gospel. Just because of this verse that, of course, the whole Bible backs up completely, 100%. But it's the message, a very tiny message sent by God to this man completely changed his life. And how many of us have been changed by the truth of the word of God? How many of us have experienced the truth, that enlightenment, that understanding that takes away all fear, that takes away all darkness, that takes away our, all our fears? Because now we know the truth. We've experienced the truth and we cannot go back. Because when you know the truth, you can't go back. You can pretend. You can try. But the truth Truth actually changes us. And taking Hosea's expression, how can we press on to know God? So let's open in Romans. Now it's the right time. And he says to the church, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, he is writing to believers. He is writing to people that know Christ by faith. And by faith alone, men and women, based on what God did for you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In view of God's mercy, all of this is possible because of what Christ did for you. It's not based on your own efforts. Based on everything that Christ did for you, we have to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. Because Jesus died for you so that you can start living for him. He traded your life for his on the cross so that the life that you now live, it's not to live for yourself, it's to be lived for him. And the prayer the, the, what, what Paul is trying to express to the church and, and to us, our prayer needs to be, God, I'm living the life you have given me. We have just sang, it's your breath in my lungs. Do you understand the, the meaning, the deep meaning, theological even, of this? Your life is not your own. You are only alive because we have a God that gives you life. And what Paul is saying to the church, based on everything that Christ has done for you, give your lives to God. Submit yourselves entirely to him as a living sacrifice. It, he's talking about the practice of the Old Testament. The people would bring sacrifices to the altar. And then from heaven, a flame from God would consume the offering and it's the exact same illustration. Because if there is no sacrifice, there is no glory. God is not going to be there. But we see the glory of God in our lives. The living God, this beautiful God, this God that loves us. If we give ourselves to him. If we say to him, Lord, this is, this is the life you have given me. It's yours. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to sacrifice this life. So that I can see you in my life. So that you can use me. And this is your act of worship. This is the true worship. And Matthew 11, 
Verse 28, you know this passage as well. Very famous words by Jesus. He just says, come to me. Come to me. And we usually think about this passage, come to me because I'm going to do something for you, right? We love this because Jesus serves us. He does serves us. He is so good that he goes out of his way to do something for us. He's an amazing God. He's a wonderful Savior. But the call that Paul is saying that we have to offer our lives to him, this is the exact same call that Jesus is making. Come to me. It's not come to me because I'm going to provide a service for you. It's come to me and stay with me. Come to me and belong to me. Come to me and see the change that I can make in your life. We're going to live together. That is the call from Jesus, not a call for a service. And Paul continues saying in Romans 12, verse 2, Do not confirm to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How do you give yourself to God? By not confirming, but conforming, but by being transformed. And, and conform means being pressed into an image, into a mold. How many of you have played with Play-Doh at some point in your life? You like it? It's fun. You, we can do a lot of things with it. And I remember when I was little, there were all of these different shapes of cars and shells and, and, and different stuff. And then it's stuck. And then it's, it's, all, it's all a bit of a mess. And you can't do much with it after a while. You get tired. But it's very moldable, very flexible. And this is the image that Paul is transmitting. We cannot conform, take the image, the shape of this world. We cannot take the image that the world desires our lives to look like. If we are going to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God, we have to hate to conform. And many of us already do hate to conform. Many people have a nightmare, and I, I think I've met Ellie. I've seen this happen at least once. You go to a wedding, and especially ladies, because suits, it doesn't matter. But when you see a lady with the exact same outfit as some other lady in the wedding, it's like a nightmare. You don't want that to happen. And it's like, oh, I'm going to wear uh, uh, something else. I'm going to go to the bathroom and, and, and put the dress upside down just so that becomes different. Because we don't like to conform that way. I walk the street and if I see someone even with the exact same t-shirt as, I, I, as I'm wearing that I bought, it's like awkward. I don't want people to wear the same things that I am wearing. Imagine even this morning, would you like to have someone ex dressed exactly like you? It's a nightmare. We don't like that. Because we hate to conform. We like to have our own identity. We have to hate to conform to the image of this world. With the exact same passion, with the exact same mindset, we do not want to be exactly what the world says we need to become. And in Matthew 11, 28 and 30, Jesus says, All you who are weary and burdened, come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my, light, my uh, burden is light. The... What happens to you when you conform to this world? You become weary. You become tired. You become burdened. And so many people are living that, that way because this is what the, the world does to you. And Jesus invites us not to conform to the image of the world, but be transformed. Taking his yoke, 
taking his mole. Because what the world does on you, the burden, it squashes you. It kills you. It's not possible for us to carry all the load of the world. But the yoke that Jesus is giving to us is light. You experience freedom when you take the image of Christ. When you accept who Christ is instead of the world. And in Romans again, Paul says, for this to happen, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We are called to renew our minds and then test and approve, know, and experience what the good will of God is for our lives. And the exact same way Jesus is saying in Matthew 11, learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. Learn from me. I am the reference. It is from me that you have to take knowledge from. I'm going to teach you. Many of us really love to learn. How many of you love to learn? How many of you, if you, could, if you didn't have to put your two feet in a school, you wouldn't go? Thank you for being honest. There's at least two people like you in this auditorium. <laughs> no, it's really true. Many of us, we would, we would love not to have the effort of learning. Learning can be hard. Learning can take so much effort. And, uh, but learning is also very fun. And, and sometimes, let me give you an example. I'm a guy, I like technology. If I get a new phone, I'm going to read everything about the phone. I'm going to read reviews. I'm going to go on YouTube, see the, the, the tutorials of stuff. Why? Because I want to make the most out of the equipment. I want to learn the things that I can do. Having, excuse me for seeing this, but having an iPhone 11 Pro and not knowing how to take a decent picture is a crime. <laughs> it is. Just go on YouTube. Come on, please. It's so easy to take a good photo. Because we need to make the most out of what we have. And the same thing applies to life. Why do we think that we can wing things with life? When the Word of God is the manual. The Word of God has everything you need to know in order to live rightly. In order for you to prosper. In order for your life to be something more than just going to work and then home and then saving and having kids and then losing the money and then working double jobs and then retiring and then being tired and then nothing. That's not the goal of life. The goal of life is knowing Jesus, experiencing Jesus, and loving Jesus for all eternity. Some people here might have more than I have in life, and that's okay. But what I have, no one can take away from me. I'm going to spend today and eternity with Jesus. He's mine forever. And the joy and the peace and the love... And the grace that he gives me every single day is not going to go anywhere. Because I am his. The number one way for us to renew our minds is this. Get in God's word. It's never been easier than today. 
People say, I don't have a Bible. Well, do you have a phone? You have a phone? Let's show phones. Uh, you know that I like phones. So show me your phone. Come on. Phones. All the phones in this place. Yeah, some of you have better phones than I have. Okay. Don't. Okay, I don't know if we are able to be friends. But if you have a phone, you know you have a Bible. There's a, a Bible app. And imagine that. It's free. You just have to download it, open it up, and read the Word of God. Read what God has in store for you. Now you have an 800-year-worth Bible in your pocket. Can you see that? How much, how much money? Some of you have a 50-year-worth uh, Bible in your pocket. That's, that's fine as well. People say, I don't have time to read. Well, you know something interesting about the Bible app? You don't have to read it. It reads it for you. You don't even have to scroll your eyes through the letters. You have just, you press play and a very gentle voice of a man or a woman just starts saying to you what the Word of God is saying. I don't have time. I don't like how to read. Then why don't you start listening to the Bible on your way to work and on your way back home? Instead of listening to other music and other things that don't edify you, why do not listen to the Word of God? You know, if you listen to the Word of God 15 minutes a day, you can know and, and have read the whole Bible in just one year. It's incredible. I don't know where to start reading the Bible. Even the Bible app, there's several reading plans that you can adopt. Different themes, different things that you can explore. But I still have many doubts and questions about the Bible. I, I'm not really sure how to read it. Well, start, starting last week, the, this church has purchased a license to a website and to a, a ministry, a service that is called Right Now Media. You have a library of over 20,000 materials, Christian, Bible-centered materials for you to explore, Bible studies, resources on marriage, on parenting, on relationships, on spiritual life, whatever it is, freely, absolutely free for you, for any of you to, to use. Can I just do this to you a little bit? Do you know how many people, after we presented this ministry and this service that is freely available to all the church, how many people did sign up of the over 20, uh, 200 people that we have in the community? Five? Oh, man, you're worse than me. 20 people for a whole week. Only 20 people opened their emails. Yes, this is actually something that is good for my spiritual life, to learn about God, to study the Word of God. Out of 200 people, 20 made it their priority to explore these resources to grow in their faith. But I don't want to discourage you. This is a very simple way, a free way that the church is providing for you in your own free time during the night, during a class, while you commute, while you have lunchtime, to sink in the truth of the Word of God in your heart. 
I work shifts. I can come to church every week. That's okay. For now, we have a Spotify podcast as well. You, ha- you can listen to what God is saying to the church and take that for you as well and continue to grow in your spiritual life. And if you have questions about what we are, are teaching on Sundays, come to us. We are more than happy to walk with you uh, through the knowledge of the Word of God. So my point is, and I want to invite the worship team to come, my point is there are no valid excuses. I'm sorry. Discipleship is something that we do every day with God, and we have no excuses. So the question is, do you truly want to press on to know God? Based on what we explored together this morning, do you agree that it is worth to know the Lord? It is worth to give him all our lives as a living sacrifice. It is worth renewing our minds with his word. It is worth all of this because we then we discover what is God's will for my life and for your life. So our prayer this morning, and every week we're going to have a prayer. We're going to have a statement of what should be our collective prayer. And this week is, God, every day help me to live a life that is pleasing and honoring to you and best for me. God, every day help me to live a life that is pleasing and honoring to you and best for me. And it's not selfish to say it's best for me because we are just agreeing with God on what he says it's best for us. Pleasing God, honoring him is the best thing that we can do. And I don't know how you've been living your life, but I want you to know based on the word of God, that it's possible for us to live a life that is holy and pleasing to God. It's possible for us to make decisions that honor Him. It's possible for us to have the idea of God that we have in our minds completely aligned with His Word. It's possible for us to our lives to matter more because He is in it. We can live confidently. We don't have to be conformed with the world. We don't need that. We need to be transformed. We need God in our lives. And Church of Christ, I really hope and I pray that if you can take something for your life this week, remember of God. Seek God with all your heart. Try to learn a bit more about Him. You can spend your entire lifetime learning about God. It's never tiring. Never, ever, ever. I am tired this week. We preached. We taught. I've been in the Word of God for several hours. It kind of is my job as a pastor. I have to, right? Many of you say that. It's true. I have to. But boy, I can never be tired of the Word of God. How beautiful. How amazing. How much knowledge. How much wisdom. How much truth find in it. And the God who gave it to me is so wonderful. So loving.
mean, he cares about me so much that even when I'm studying to give something to others, he is giving to me first. God is so good. And maybe we have people in this room that have never believed in Jesus for life. So this, the only step that you have to make in your life is to give your life to Jesus. Sing to Jesus, I want to start living for you. I want you in my life. I don't know much about you yet, but I know that this needs to be truth because I am tired and I'm burdened and I'm not happy. So I'm willing to trade all of that that I don't like for something that other people say it's probably going to be better than what I have. So what do you lose by giving your life to Jesus? Nothing. Nothing. But you get everything that you will ever need. We're going to stand together. We're going to sing and let the, the word of God wash our hearts with the, these truths. But I'm going to stand at the back. And if any of you If you feel that you're in a moment in your life that you need to try Jesus, you need to surrender your life to him because nothing else has worked. And you understand that Jesus is the one that calls you in your moment of tiredness, in your moment where you are in your worst state, he wants you and he wants to walk with you. So if you want to accept Jesus, I'll be at the back. And the only thing that you need to do is pray and we want to pray for you we want to help you inviting Jesus to come in into your life we don't want to expose you by coming to the front Let, we're going to do it this way I'm going to be at the back and if someone needs prayer or someone wants to surrender their lives to Jesus just come to me Church of Christ let's be praying let's seek the presence of God let's seek the Holy Spirit that is our counselor that is the one that makes us acknowledge make this truth become alive in our hearts and minds so that we can be effective disciples of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Amen We hope that God has touched your heart with the message that he wants to tell us If you would like to be updated with the things that are happening in our church You will follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching for Riverside Lisbon. Thank you for listening.